Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Appreciate you tuning in. Hit me up, FullCountChaos at gmail.com. On Twitter, at FullCountChaos. Birdland, this is fun. This is real fun. We continue to be reminded what joy feels like. Currently, Orioles' record is 30-16. and 16, Second place in the AL East. Slowly catching up to those Rays, man. They are right on their tail. And the Blue Jays are in the basement where they belong. They suck. They do. They do suck. I feel like I mention this every time. Of course, you know, the Red Sox, Yankees, we always talk shit about them. They they constantly irk us. They'll never go away. But the, the Blue Jays, it's like every time we play them, and I mention this, I think, every time <laughs> the Orioles have a series with the Blue Jays, it just reminds me. I'm like, no, wait a minute. I think the Blue Jays are the worst in the ALEs. It just reminds me of they're such a shitbag team, their fans, their players, their coaches. So here I am going, you know what? I, I think the Blue Jays are the worst team in the AL East. Oh, man, just don't ever turn the game off. We all have mentioned it a 100 times this season. If they're down 5 nothing in the bottom of the ninth, two outs, nobody on, don't turn it off. You just don't know, no matter what the score is. Oh, man, Ryan O'Hearn, look, I think he needs to be on the list of lifetime free drinks in Baltimore, right? It's a lot of Orioles on that list. Delman Young's on there, of course, but Ryan O'Hearn deserves it. Saturday, hitting that three-run home run to tie it up. Helped the Orioles win the game. And it was wild to hear him post-game interview. He said he saw the curve coming out of the pitcher's hand before he threw it. Even Kevin Brown was like, what? And I know batters pick up the rotation, and that's what they do for a living. But I thought that was pretty cool. Currently, he's hitting 300 so far. Uh, 11 RBIs, two home runs, 886 OPS. And he was facing Romano. He, he allowed just one home run in 18 innings this season and four over 64 innings in 2022. And Ryan O'Hearn comes up. Ah, fuck it. Let's hit a home run. Three-run home run. Tie game. Orioles wind up winning the game, of course. And I thought that was badass. An Orioles fan caught Ryan O'Hearn's home run <laughs> out there in Toronto. Oh, that moment couldn't have been any better. I mean, we witnessed the greatest game so far this season, right? Saturday's win, 6-5. to That's just a win that tickles your insides and reminds you what love feels like. My God, we love this team. This is great. This is great. We always love the team, even through the rebuild. We love the Orioles. But when the team that you love continues to win, oh, it feels nice. Real nice. Real nice. Toronto packed the house that day. It was a sold-out crowd. Thinking uh, Toronto's going to come in and let's see them beat up on the Orioles. They were winning 5-2. to two. They're all singing songs, high-fiving each other. Oh, this is a wonderful day. Sold-out crowd in Toronto. We get to see a win. Nope. <laughs> Orioles win. <laughs> oh, that was great. Sold-out crowd. And the Orioles continue to beat up on these teams to prove to the world that they're the best in baseball. Fucking Manure or Manoa, whatever the fuck your name is, you fat turd talking all that shit to Frazier. 
Don't know if you saw that. Frazier, um, God, I can't remember what ending was. Check swing. I think Frazier held up. It could have gone either way. Saw the replay. And for some odd reason, Manoa, I guess in front of a sold-out crowd, he wants to look like a tough guy. You're going to talk shit after a, a batter strikes out on a check swing. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. And at first it looked like Frazier was talking to the third base up. Like, what the fuck? I didn't swing. What are you talking about? And Manoa, you fat turd, starts walking up towards Frazier talking shit saying, yo, go that way. Go that way. Pointing to the dugout. Dude is such a fat piece of shit. Pitching with dried bits of pasta in your beard. He probably smells like Alfredo when he sweats. Just a straight goofball. Pimping a check swing strikeout. It's just cringy. The Blue Jays so badly want to be the tough guys of the East. You're embarrassing yourselves acting like this. Knock it off. Also, oh, that win just tasted so much better. And I love it when they asked O'Hearn, was this a, a statement game? He goes, no, we've won the series. He says tomorrow, meaning Sunday, will be a statement game if we sweep them. And my God, I hope they sweep them. But props to Frazier. Keep him in the lineup. He is just a straight-up ball player, unselfish hitter when he gets to the plate. Guy on second, no outs. He's just going to try to hit to the right side of the field, get him over to third. His last seven games at the plate, he's batting 333 with a 667 slugging. He's fast, too. Going around those bases, trying to turn doubles into triples. Keep that man in the lineup. But that was awesome, seeing Greg Olson call the game with Kevin Brown. Love me some Greg Olson. Who doesn't? If you're an Orioles fan... You love the Greg Olson. But that was hilarious pregame. <laughs> he's just breaking it down, talking about Manoa. And just talking about, you know, hey, he's not like he was last year. His control isn't like it was last year. His ERA has jumped up. And then it, he was trying to be polite and professional and basically talk about how Manoa has picked up weight. <laughs> but I like how Greg Olson a couple times commented on Manoa's weight. So I thought that was kind of funny. I don't know. And I love how Greg, he kept score on how bad the ump was on Saturday. Oh, my God, he was terrible. I think some umpires in the league do not deserve to be behind the plate. I think we've talked about this before. It's like if you don't score above like a 97%, 98% behind the plate, or that's your average score, you shouldn't be able to call balls and strikes. Oh, that was awful. But that was great. Greg Olson just keeping score on how bad he was. I mean, it was real bad. Even Kevin Brown was getting in on the fun. Like, this is terrible. I'm going to talk about Grayson Rodriguez here for a second because, look, he looked great in Toronto. And I think everyone became distracted with O'Hearn's home run, Bautista's two-inning save. Oh, my God. Bautista, you son of a bitch. He, st- he struck out five, throwing 31 pitches to get the win while holding the Blue Jays to 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position at last inning. Holy shit, are you kidding me? So we're getting distracted by all this shit happening in the Blue Jays game. It was a wild game. But then it's like, oh, yeah, Grayson, five innings pitch. He had six strikeouts. His changeup looked filthy. Just straight, nasty filth. And I hate to say it, but, yeah, Toronto's a good team. They have a winning record. They're beating up on teams as well. Their offense has scored a lot of runs. And here comes Grayson in front of a sold-out crowd in Toronto, and he holds it down. Just a great day on the mound for him. But yeah, of course, we'd love to see the starters go six, seven, eight innings. I mean, the bullpen arms are wearing out. 
Oh, my God. Come on, Tate. Come on, Givens. Need some fresh arms in the bullpen. But I just want to bring this up real quick. Last week, I was at the game. I got to see Otani pitch against Grayson Rodriguez. And Twitter blew up after the game the next morning talking about uh, the, the people booing Grayson Rodriguez. I even think Dan Connolly put out an article to tell the fans, hey, tone it down. Stop booing this young kid. He's 23. So I was at the game, and I'm not telling anyone they were wrong. I get it. It takes one asset to go boo. And if you heard that person, you'd say, yeah, there was booing. All I said was, didn't hear any booing. Didn't hear anyone boo Grayson Rodriguez in my section or around me when he was walking off the mound. But again, you got thousands of fans all sitting around each other. Just takes one person to boo. So I'm not telling people, you're wrong. Nobody was booing. All I said was, hmm, this is interesting because it seems some reporters, some people on Twitter just going on a rant about how disrespectful the fans were at the stadium. And I said, I don't think it was as dramatic as it's as it looks with Dan Connolly's tweets, a couple other people's tweets, some people who weren't even there just going off of what Dan Connolly posted. And I just lightly said, don't think the booing was as dramatic. And some people followed up as well and said, yeah, I was at that game too. I didn't hear anyone booing. But my God, I swear there's people who wake up in the morning and it's like, I want an argument. I want someone to disagree with me. It feels so good to argue. Holy shit. And again, these people weren't even at the game. And they're telling me, like, I don't think these reporters would lie. (laughs) Okay. I'm not saying nobody was booing. That's all I wanted. I just wanted to get that off my chest. (laughs) That's it. Uh, I did want to mention when Bautista came out in the uh, 10th inning, Toronto, I I was extremely nervous. My wife's like, he can do it. She's always the cheerleader. When I'm pacing back and forth being like, they're going to fucking blow it. She's there going, rah, rah, Orioles can do it. (laughs) So God bless her. I think she helps my blood pressure. But God damn you, Bautista, you look just like a beautiful angel on that mound on Saturday. Now, I missed the game on Friday. I went to see Jerry Seinfeld at Live Casino, Rundle Mills, with some good friends. So I didn't see uh, Friday's game. Now, I saw Gibson went seven innings pitched, five Ks. I saw Mounty hit a bomb. Tony Titz hit one. Frazier adding some runs in the ninth inning. Getting a little more uh, cushion for the push, and he hit a bomb. And the fun part about whooping up on a team in our division is seeing the fans just have a complete psychotic meltdown. <laughs> you know, if we're playing like the Dodgers or the Braves, yeah, it, it, it's it's great to win a game. And the fans, of course, will go off on Twitter. But it's just so satisfying. It's something about seeing the fans just have a meltdown in our division, especially the Toronto fans. Ah, terrible people. So when I saw that they won... I right away went on Twitter. I was like, all right, I got to go have fun. Look at the meltdowns. And there's some people in Birdland who do the work for us. I want to give you hats off to those guys. Uh, They will uh, post screenshots of all the uh, Toronto fans just having a big-ass meltdown, and it's entertaining. So I'm like, well, if I missed the game and I I didn't get entertained by the game, I'll get entertained by the the Twitter bullshit. Uh, Most tweets I saw were about how much bullshit it was allowing Gibson to go seven innings. Just talking about how the Blue Jay hitters are the worst in the league. How do you let a bum like Gibson go seven innings? Toronto fans are some toxic turds. Yankee fans, Boston fans, yeah, they suck. They'll they'll just tell you your fucking team sucks 
and how the O's will blow it and miss the playoffs and go home and cry. Toronto fans, they'll, they'll find your car and cut your brakes. They'll tweet about how they hope your parents get AIDS and then throw beer bottles at the players on game day. They're awful. Terrible. Oh, Nate, it's not all of them. I don't care. If it's one, it means it's all of you. <laughs> Toronto fans. But the Jerry Seinfeld show, you know, hey, wait a minute. Don't, don't skip over that. You say you went and saw Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, I think he's like 90 now. He's worth like $20 billion. But that live, I don't know if you've ever been to a show in the, uh, I don't even know if you want to call it a theater, a live casino. They crammed people in there tight. It's like 10,000 people in there. The chairs that they used covered one butt cheek. So everybody has a chair to their to one butt cheek. And when you have a huge tight row of people, each trying to put two butt cheeks on a one butt cheek chair, shit gets a little crammed. And of course, my poor wife, God bless her. We're all sitting there in a row. And I look over and I see there's an empty chair between her and the person after that. So she's looking at me. I'm looking at her. I'm like, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you struck gold. Because when you get to kind of spread out a little bit, just happens to be that one person next to you. It's like at an Orioles game, Ravens game. You know, the people next to you don't show up and you're like, ah, I can spread out. I'm like, I don't know, babe. I, I think karma is on your side. You're such a wonderful person. You deserve it. Two minutes later, just a, a large, I got to say stinky dude, because when he walked in, he had a little bit, he smelled a little bit like brie cheese. And uh, what was the other smell? Maybe fig Newtons. I smelled something. Just a big six foot five, 300 pound dude just plops himself down like he's on his recliner, legs spread wide open. <laughs> it was right as the show started. The lights go out. Uh, God bless her. <laughs> but I want to thank everyone in my section for not busting ass at that show. If one person would have cut a fart, that aroma would have just been hanging out the entire show. It's like the plane when I, uh, the, uh, I was going down to Sarasota. That plane ride down, it was the smallest plane I've ever squeezed into, and I had to give props. Thank you for holding it in. So with this show at Live Casino, all the people around me, God bless you. Thank you for holding it in because it was a stuffy, still room. And the aroma would have just been hanging out. The air wasn't moving. But again, got to see Jerry Seinfeld. Very funny show. Got to spend the night with great friends. It was a good night. I had a really fun night. It's just that the way that they set up in that live casino theater, it's not theater, It's not um, stadium seating. It's just a flat ground. So you really can't see anything. They didn't put Jerry Seinfeld up on the uh, the big screen. So you see this little dot moving back and forth. I don't know. I thought that was interesting, but it didn't matter. It was about bonding with the friends that I saw that night that I love very much. And I had a great night. My buddy sitting next to me, he's an Orioles fan as well. And we're kind of trying to peek at the score, but you know, when it's just a pitch black room, <laughs> when you put, you know, turn on your phone, the whole fucking room lights up. So we're trying to peek throughout the night. Uh, you want to feel good about your life. Huh? If you're ever having a bad day and things just don't seem like they're going your way, walk around a casino for about an hour and watch everyone lose their money. Those casinos, the smell of shattered dreams. Everyone walks in there hoping to get rich. Six hours later, they're broke. Trying to think, how am I going to tell my spouse I just lost it all? It is. 
I am not a big casino guy. I've been to casinos. I've been to Atlantic City. Obviously, been to the Ronald Mills Casino Live Horseshoe. I've been to them all, but I'm not a big casino guy. It just has a, a just a depressing feeling. Like I'm sure when I was younger, like early 20s, I didn't go to casinos at that time. I didn't start going to casinos till maybe uh, late 20s, early 30s. It's like a strip club now. You know, you walk into a strip club. I went probably the last one I went to, shit, six years ago, my cousin's bachelor party. But you walk in, it's the same thing. It just smells of depression and sadness. (laughs) I don't know. That's how you know you're getting older. You walk in casinos and strip clubs and you're just like, oh, man, this is depressing. But saying all that, I definitely would go back to the casino. Look, it's fun. Have some drinks, play some slots, lose some money, whatever. They have movie screens now in the casino. It's like uh, giant 12-foot screens. Right before I walked into the show, they had the Orioles game up. I got to watch Adley. It's like I'm looking at this 12-foot Adley monster. That was awesome. And speaking of Adley, first off, why have we not extended him yet? What are you doing? You stupid, ignorant, son of a bitch, dumb bastard. Extend that man, for God's sakes. But he joins Ted Williams. Yeah, that's... uh. That is a gentleman that you would like to be on the same list as 40 plus doubles and 100 plus walks in the first 162 career games since 1901. Adley's got 42 doubles, 102 walks. Rushman's played 159 games. Extend that man, you son of a bitch. Extend him. Just a second here. I'm going to. Talk about an email, read an email that I got from a gentleman by the name of Dave. I asked about, hey, how's the season going for you? He wanted to chime in. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Also, don't forget, I am part of the sports network, sportsdrink.org. Head over there, a bunch of sports podcasts, other podcasts that aren't sports. Basically, they've got what you need. Check them out, sportsdrink.org. They're all over social media. All the good shit. You can find them. Just Google Sports Drink Network. There you go. Then you'll see my little podcast right there. Yeah, Adley Rushman, getting him extended. I thought I saw John Angelos at the grocery store the other day. And I've practiced in the mirror. I think I do it once a week. And if I ever bumped into uh, John Angelos, what I would say, I would give him a piece of my mind. (laughs) Say that about a lot of people. And then you bump into him and you're like, oh, I, I love your tie and your shoes. I'm a big fan. Love you. Bye. But I'm standing there. He's in line in front of me. And I'm like, holy shit. This is John Angelos. Like, I even pulled up on Google images and I'm like, all right. I type in it. I, I kind of put my phone next to him. Not literally. Not like, not like, excuse me, sirs. I'm pressing my phone up against his ear. But I'm like, holy shit. Same height, same build, same look. This is John Angelos. And I was getting ready to be like, all right, Nate, this is your moment. You practice in front of the mirror at least once a week. You know what you want to say. And then someone walked up and said, hey, Michael, good to see you. And then they started talking about weird shit like uh, how to install uh, radios in your car. And I'm like, who who installs radios in cars anymore? But so then I I was like, ah, shit, that's not John. That's not John. I was about to tap him on the shoulder and say, "I I got something to tell you, man. And I probably would have been so amped up, I wouldn't have started with, are you John Angelos? I would have just started with, excuse me, you son of a bitch, dickbag. I'd like to talk to you. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Guy's like, what the fuck? So it wasn't John Angelos. I thought I had my moment. Oh, I thought I had my moment. All right. There's an email from a gentleman by the name of Dave in Hancock, Maryland. 
There's like a population of 2,000 people there, isn't there? That's uh, Hancock, Maryland. When I saw this, it kind of got me a little emotional because my dad and I used to drive through there all the time because my grandparents had about 70 acres, 75 acres in um, right outside of Deep Creek. Actually, to get a little more specific, it's like right next to New Germany State Park. Anyway, so we would drive out there early in the morning and we drove through Hancock. We would stop and get breakfast. And those were the waitresses, you know, they talk, talk to everybody. Hey, sugar pie, honey pie. Hey, sugar. Hey, honey pie. You want some pie on that sugar, honey pie pie? But I used to love it because we pull up. It's like my favorite breakfast spot. I say that and I can't remember the hell the name of the restaurant was. But anyway, the point of the story is when I saw that Dave wrote that he was from Hancock, it just gave me a warm, funny feeling. Just, you know, remembering my dad and those memories and, and when I was a kid. We drive right through Hancock, get some breakfast, and I knew I was halfway there. Anyway, Dave writes in. He says, hello, Nate. Love the show and your sense of humor. I listened to your podcast during the rebuild, and it helped me find some humor during the rebuild. This season has been such a fun ride. He says, I'm so happy to know baseball is back with flying colors. He says, the Baltimore Orioles are the real deal, and there's no denying it. These guys like to win, and they'll do whatever it takes. He says, Brandon Hyde doesn't get enough credit, in my opinion. He does make some moves with the bullpen. I don't agree with sometimes, but he is managing a team with 30 wins. Fair point. Fair point, Dave. He says, my next door neighbor and I have been neighbors for 37 years, and we watch almost every game together. I always go over to his house because he has a 70-inch TV, and he's single with no kids or wife, and I don't think I've even met any of his family. It says, after every game, I wake up two hours later after blacking out, tasting chloroform on my lips. But other than that, I have a great time. I'm not sure what happens during those two hours, but whatever. He's my best friend. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just made that up. Kidding. Sorry, Dave. I had to put that in there. You've been hanging out with this guy for 37 years. I watch too many uh, documentaries on Netflix. It's always called, like, do you know your neighbor? Sorry. Didn't mean to make a joke. About your best friend. Uh, all right. Dave continues. He says, sometimes a couple other neighbors walk over to watch the game with us, and we all get pretty rowdy after pounding some beers and bourbon. Ooh, that's a, it's not the best mixture. Anyway, he continues. We've had some, he says, we've had some wins this season where a room full of old men are jumping around yelling like a bunch of kids on a playground. He says, I've always agreed with you on your podcast when you say sports bring people together in a beautiful way. Losing can also cause dramatic fights, but there's nothing like celebrating a win with your best friends. We're going to a game next week and staying at Hilton Hotel downtown. Going downtown here, Dave. He says, love these Orioles. Dave from Hancock, Maryland. Thank you for the email. Dave is having fun watching games with his best friend for 37 years. And I appreciate the nice words. You're damn right I'm going to read the beginning of those emails giving me props. <laughs> But you're right, Dave, sports, it brings us together. It brings people together, especially Birdland right now. The team that we love so much, they're winning and we're happy. Ever since watching sports, I've never hugged so many people. I don't know because there's just love in the air when excitement happens, when great things happen to the team that you love watching is winning. I've seen some of the toughest of toughest guys, like tattoos on their face, big dudes driving Harleys, big beards. I've seen Prance up and down, giggling with happiness 
Their favorite team hits a home run, scores a touchdown, and there they are hugging someone, jumping up and down, giggling like a little fool. That's what sports does. It gets you giddy. By the way, Dave, go easy with the beer and bourbon. Whew. Just do one or the other, right? I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm sounding like a wuss. Dave's like, get off your wuss seat. Drink some bourbon, drink some beer, and suck it up. It's Orioles. 70-inch TV. That's what I need. Dave says his best friend has a 70-inch TV. I get anything more than like a 50-inch. And, you know, my wife, I don't think we don't need that. Why do we need that? Why does it need to be so big? <laughs> I love hearing you complain about things being too big. It makes me feel better, babe. Anyway, Dave, thank you for the email. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. He was chiming in because I want to know how your season's going. Are you having fun? What are you doing during the game? Who are you watching it with? Do you climb down in your little basement? You turn on the TV low, watch the Orioles game. You don't want to be bothered by the family. You know, I just want a couple hours of peace. I want to watch the Orioles in peace and not be bothered. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Continue on to happy things. Got to mention Jackson Holiday. Oh, love me some Jackson Holiday. The latest and updated rankings. Holiday is now number three in the top 100 by MLBPipeline.com. He's also number six via Baseball America. I think, in my opinion, he should be number one, damn it. Number one. Jackson, last couple of games. I, I don't know if you were keeping an eye on him. I mean, you, you kind of couldn't look away from it. It was everywhere. Talking about Jackson Holiday, he just had a one hell of a week of baseball. Monday, he was three for three. Tuesday, he was four for four. Hit a few home runs in those games. Wednesday, he drove in five more. So Monday, he had six RBIs. Tuesday, he had four RBIs. Wednesday, he drives in five more, went five for six. He finally made an out in the ninth. He scored four runs and had five RBIs that day. He went 12 for 12 before hitting an out. Saturday, he hits another bomb. Dude is just raking. Something tells me he won't be spending too much time in Aberdeen. Whoa, hot take. Did you hear the podcast? No, what do you say? Nate feels that Jackson's not going to spend much time in Aberdeen. Woo, hot take. Jackson before the season, he said his goal is to, by the end of the year, be in double A. I think he's well on his way. Now, something interesting that I saw, uh, somebody posted the, I forgot who it was. I like to give credit to people. I don't always like to make it sound like I'm doing all the work, all my research. I mean, you can look anywhere and find any stat you want. But uh, I saw someone post about the, the last three Orioles who achieved the top 100 prospect rankings, what they did in their first 18 games at Aberdeen. And it was Gunnar Henderson, Heston Kerstead, and Colton Kowser. Now, Gunnar Henderson, his first 18 games, 167 average, 320 OBP, 350 slugging, 670 uh, OPS. Kerstead, 194 average, 268 OBP, 319 slugging, 587 OPS. Colton Kowser, 254 average, 357 OBP, 423 slugging, 780 OPS. Now we talk about Jackson Holiday. First 18 games in Aberdeen. His average is 391. His OBP is 500. His slugging is 719, and his OPS is 1.219. Are you kidding me? And I know the minors compared to the majors, night and day, different universe. But for fuck's sake, what he's doing right now is just ridiculous. And every time I kept seeing an updated highlight 
again, going four for four, five for five, four home runs in one game. It's like, bring them up. <laughs> it's always my knee-jerk reaction. We'll bring them up. Why are we still sitting here talking about uh, Jackson Holiday? Bring them up. Hmm. So, 2024, do we see Jackson Holiday? If he continues to keep playing like he is now, yeah, we're going to see him before the end of this season. Woo! So, yeah, keep an eye on Jackson Holiday if you haven't already, because every fucking day there's a new highlight of him going 10 for 10, 20 for 20. It's fun. Now, last week when I mentioned I went to the game, uh, I saw Otani hit a ball right center field that finally just landed the other day. Holy shit, did he destroy that ball? I think he hit Boog's barbecue. But the 15-game package, I'm loving. I'm enjoying so far. Great buddy of mine and I, we decided to get a 15-game package, two tickets, and I got to give my buddy props. He found a street downtown next to the stadium that it's weird to sit here and say, well, I don't think anyone knows about because, you know, of course, Baltimore is so tiny. Everyone knows every street. But every time we go, we don't have to pay. I, I don't know if people think they're not allowed to park on this street. We just pull up, we park, we walk in, we're done. Free parking. We did it opening day. Been doing it all season. He's been doing it half his life. All right, well, what's the name of the road, Nate? Nah, I can't tell you. $50. Nah, I'm going 100 100 bucks. I'll tell you the name of the street. But as we walk into the game, we sit down. <laughs> I love talking to the old guys who've been going to the game since like 1876. <laughs> they still fill out the scorecards. Well, telling me about a guy named Lefty One Leg who used to play first base in 1936 and reminds him of Ryan Mountcastle. Like, you don't remember Lefty One Leg? No, sir. I do not remember Lefty One Leg. You know, the guy who wore the eye patch. Don't know him. But those guys, for some reason, are always so generous with their peanuts. <laughs> they always have a lifetime supply of peanuts. You want a couple? They're spitting peanut shells everywhere. Also, uh, going to the games every week with the uh, package we have, I've, I'm reminded every week that I hate the fucking wave. Mentioned that a hundred times on here. Hate the wave. Stop doing it. <laughs> I don't ever want to see the wave again. Oh, boy. What a game. Talking about Saturday. Just w what a season so far. And Jorge Mateo, we're praying for you, man. Oh, boy. He's just, yeah, he's shitting the bed right now. Again, I just hope the month of April isn't a month that we all talk about years down the road being like, man, wouldn't that have been great? Remember that April 2023 with Jorge Mateo? Oh, it's a shame. Last 28 days is a batting average, 184. His last 14 days, 114. His last seven days, all right, going up a little bit, 125. His slugging, last seven games, 125 with a 292 OPS. He's been having a little bit of weird issues in the field as well just some odd brain fart mistakes but I'm sure that comes along with the package when you're struggling on the plate you're constantly think overthinking things everything's in your head now and things in the field kind of start going a little wiggly it just starts snowballing so Jorge gonna light a candle for you say a little prayer for you before every night hang in there man hang in there Oh, Birdland, always love to hear from you. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Also, hit me up on Twitter at fullcountchaos. I'm going to say it one more time. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Till next time, see you. <laughs>